Hello, and welcome to the Over 50 Health and Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin English, founder of The Silver Edge. Our mission at The Silver Edge is to inspire men and women in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and beyond to live their strongest, healthiest, most fulfilling lives. In this podcast, we share stories of amazing individuals who are doing just that to help motivate you to become the healthiest version of yourself, regardless of your age. And now, on to today's podcast. Hello, my guest this week is John Woolley. John is the mastermind and meme lord behind the Instagram account Make Wads Great Again and is the host of the Make Pods Great Again podcast. John is also a recent inductee into the Over 50 Club. John, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, I certainly want to dig into your rise to becoming CrossFit famous and becoming a meme lord. Uh, but let's start at the beginning. Tell us what you were like as a kid. Were you active as a child? No. I you know what? I didn't I didn't get into fitness till I was 40, to be honest. I mean, I was I was active like any kid was. I grew up in the South, so we were always outside, you know, hunting, fishing, whatever. And, you know, like, like every young boy, you know, junior high, I'm, you know, playing football and basketball and, and all that stuff on, you know, the school teams. But once I got to high school, like I, I, you know, I didn't like the pain of football. I wasn't very, like, I didn't mature until I was almost in college. Like I was a really short little dude. Truthfully, if I'd found a CrossFit when I was in high school, I would have been ideal because I was really short. I would have killed it. But uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't really do anything. I was a musician. I I figured out early on I could play guitar, and girls thought I was just as cool as if I was a football player. So, you know, you don't have to work out <laughs> to play guitar. It's not yeah, as hard. Yeah, yeah. So that's so. what I did. Yeah, not at all. So I know that I think I heard you on one of your podcasts talking about, I believe your, your dad bought you a, a guitar early on and as a birthday present and, uh, you've kind of taken that all the way through to today, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I have the room I'm in right now. There's, uh, are we 12 guitars in here? Maybe. Yeah. Give, give or take maybe. So still are now, are you playing in bands these no, days or no, no, no. I mean, collecting you, guitars and, and jamming out? Yeah. I don't have time. I mean, you know, I like, I like collecting guitars. I like to sit around and, you know, play with backing tracks and YouTube and whatever. Um, occasionally I'll grab an acoustic and play live somewhere, but never with a band. Like I don't have time to collaborate. Like it's probably why I'm good at the memes. Like I'm good solo, but I'm not good in a group. (laughs) Right. Just doesn't work for me. Well, let's back up a little bit. You said that, um, you were kind of active as a, as a child played a little bit of sports in high school. What about, did you do college after high school? Yeah, not really. Like I, you know, I moved to Nashville. I wanted to be a musician. So I moved to Nashville like everybody does. Um, You know, there was really in those days, you gotta keep, you know, I'm old. So in those days, you know, fitness was really like, you didn't really have the big box gyms as much as you do now. So, you know, if you wanted to work out, you join like some, you know, probably not that different than CrossFit now that I think about it and just some little garage gym almost, but it's, you know, people bench pressing and deadlifting and, you know, power lifters. I didn't want to do any of that. And I didn't want to be a bodybuilder and I hated running. So I just, I literally just played guitar, you know, and ended up, you know, getting in the restaurant industry and got married. And next thing I knew I was 30 years old and, and, uh, you know, married with a couple of kids and out of shape. And that's how it quickly it happens to people, I think, but it happened to me. 
I think that's a very common scenario, right? Especially in that age group when we when we get married, when we have careers, and our, our focus probably isn't on ourselves and, and self care and, and certainly fitness, etc. So, so you're married, you've got some kids, you got a job going, and find yourself kind of out of shape. Where does where does fitness come to play? Oh gosh, probably. Um, well, I got divorced when my girls were like three and five. So keep in mind they're 16 and 18 now. So it's been a while, you know, 13 years or so. And, um, probably right after that we had, uh, you know, I just realized one day I was like pushing them around, you know, we'd, we'd go to the zoo for instance, and you'd, you know, you get a cart and I push them around and I'd get winded like really easy, chase them around. I'm like, man, I can't live like this. Like they're getting bigger. They're going to be doing, you know, active things and like, I got to do something. So my ex-wife uh, was doing P90X. So she bought it and she hated it. And, you know, we were, we were friendly. We still are, but we were friendly. And uh, she's like, Hey, will you buy it for me? I just, this just isn't for me. Now I'd seen all the infomercials. I'd seen Tony Horton on TV like a million times. And I'm like, yeah, I'd like to get ripped in 90 days. Sure. So I did it and uh, I loved it. Like, you know, I quickly became a, you know, a, a Tony Horton disciple. I think I figured out and, you know, everyone's wired differently, but I figured out like, I'm really good at following directions. And so if someone says, just do this and you will get this result. I'm like, done, like no problem. And, uh, that's probably why I like CrossFit. Cause it's very similar in that regard. Um, and so that's what I started doing. I did that. I did, did two cycles actually. Um, you know, P90X is a, an environment where you don't really put on a lot of muscle for being honest. You, you know, you get like kind of body weight fit, you get really good at pushups, really good at pull-ups, air squats, lunges, like some plyometric stuff. And it's great, like no complaints, but it is a muscle builder. But, it, you know, I thought I was the pinnacle of fitness. Like I thought it was like, look out world, you know, no one will ever be as fit as me again, you know, and I was sadly mistaken <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. You'd been through two rounds of that P90X. You're, you're ready to take on the world, right? I, I thought so. Yeah. So what happens after that? Well, so I was coaching my daughter's um, soccer team. I don't know if you've ever been to a, a five-year-old soccer game, um, but it's not really soccer for whatever that's worth. Like they just kind of stand in the field and pick daisies and you just kind of yell at them to go kick the ball. But I was, uh, the guy I was coaching it with, and I use the term coaching really loosely, uh, had just bought an affiliate and nobody knew what CrossFit was like nobody. There were just a couple of gyms here in Cleveland. This would have been like the second or third one. And he's like, Hey, you know, we're opening this new gym. It's called CrossFit. You'll love it. And I'm like, what is it? And he's like, it's just like P90X, but on steroids. And, you know, I didn't know how ironic that was in hindsight, but, uh, I'm like, I'm like, is it hard? And he's like, Oh, it's way harder than P90X. And so at that point, my pride is wounded and I'm like, yeah, okay, buddy, I'll show you, I'll mm -hmm. show you how fit I am. And I rolled in there on a Saturday morning and just got destroyed, like absolutely destroyed in a workout. So that's how, I, that's how I got started. That's, and what year was that? Do you remember? Uh, it would have been 2011. 2000, so, oh, so you have been at it for, for quite some time. Then. Yeah. A decade at this point. Yeah. And do you remember what that first workout was? Oh, as Saturday long as I live, I'll never forget uh, it. Yeah. Uh -huh. Tell fact, us about I've that. It, I, I continue to do it at this point about once a year. It's um, three rounds for time. Uh, you do 10 thrusters at 95 pounds, 20 burpees, uh, a hundred foot walking lunge with a 
overhead walking lunge with a 45 pound plate, which basically equates to 30 steps, depending on how tall you are. So it's really 10, 20, 30, you know, but for three rounds for time. Now I did it that first time I did it, they gave me a, uh, if I'm remembering right, either a 45 or a 65 pound bar. So I didn't do 95 pounds and I used a 15 pound plate and it took me 33 and a half minutes and an embarrassing 33 and a half minutes. Like the first 10 minutes in, like I'm literally, I walked over to the door and I'm holding the door frame and the coach like yells at me from across the gym. She's like, don't go home. And I'm like, I'm not going home. I'm trying to not die. You know? <laughs> um, Cause I thought like, you know, I've been doing P90X. So I'm like, I didn't know these movements. I didn't know what thrusters would do to you. I didn't know what burpees were. So I'm like, what's a burpee? She's like, it's like a push up. Well, P90X, I was doing like 300 push ups a day. Like, push no problem, nothing, right? Yeah. You know, I didn't know anything about breaks or how many I should be doing. So I'm like, I'm going to show her. And I come out and like, I do the first 20 burpees like as hard as I can go. I bet I got my heart rate to 180. Yeah, nice. like yeah, it was, coming out full ham right oh my god it was so bad it's a it's a miracle i didn't puke a total miracle it was probably <laughs> just because it took me so long you know? yeah yeah oh so bad so bad well people listening to that and they're thinking well that sounds absolutely miserable um what was it about that first session then that hooked you or were you hooked then uh oh yeah i'm stubborn as hell i um I just don't believe anything can beat me. I'm just like one of those personality types. Like if you show me something, you tell me something's too hard, I'm going to do it until I master it. And that's truthfully why I continue to go back this day. Cause it's impossible to master. Like there's, you know, there's no way to perfect it. There's always something to work on, you know? And so really I think it's the balance of the training and, and the, you know, kind of constant variation. And for me, the big one was you get to test this again. So I'm like, all right, it took me 33 minutes. I'm going to test it again in six months and see how long it takes me. And then I'll test it again six months after that. And I'll keep testing it to see how you know good I can get at it. You know, And so that workout that took me 33 minutes back you know, in 2011, I can do that now in under 12 at the RX weight, at the 95 pounds and the 45 pound overhead walking lunge. And not even come close to feeling like I'm going to puke, you know, now it'll still really hurt. Don't get me wrong. I get still terrible, but that's the difference. It's like, it always gives you something to look at and work on. And, and even when you don't beat your times, you can look and try to determine why that is. So there's always something It's like, so for me as someone who's like problem solves for a living, like it's, it's something that I can look at it and analyze it and do the math. And (laughs) it's just a challenge, you know, so it's fun. So there certainly the the challenge and the retest are a big part of it. What about uh, the community? Do you find the community is an important aspect for you and staying with it for as long as you have? Yeah, it's been a big part of it. Um, you know, you certainly develop tons of friendships. I mean, I've developed lifelong friendships out of it. I've changed gyms a couple of times. Um, you know, still some of my best friends are the ones from the original gym that don't work out with me now. Like I rarely ever see them, but we talk, you know, so that part's really cool. Um, it, there's, I've said for a long time, the community is a lot of things, but I think it's so tight because it's a lot like, um, being in the military. Like, I don't want to overstate it and make it sound like we're, you know, fighting wars, but there is some sort of bond and shared suffering 
that makes sense, you know? And, yeah. and I think you see that amongst the military, you know, they get deployed together, they go through all these horrible events and, and they never lose that. And I think CrossFit's kind of the same way. Like you have this shared experience. It's really horrible. And the shared experience of enjoy of, uh, doing something you didn't think you would ever do, you know, and, and living that through others, you know, like I remember getting my first muscle up. Um, and now when I see people get their first muscle up, I'm really excited for them. <laughs> you know, it's because I know how hard it is, you know? And, and so I think it's that kind of common bond that, that brings us all together. And it certainly, you know, it just keeps me wanting to go back. I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think the community aspect is is a huge part of what keeps a lot of folks coming back. There's the accountability. There's the, uh, you're exactly right. I, I can remember early on, I've, I've only been in CrossFit for a couple of years, and I can remember being dead last in something and everybody gathering around and cheering me on to uh, towards the end of that. I've got a, one of my younger brothers is not in CrossFit. And he said, I don't know that it sounds like a cult to me. And I'm like, well, you're probably not far off to your description of it being kind of military. Like right. it is a bit like a, a cult, but it's only weird if you're on the outside. Once you're on the inside and you've had the Kool-Aid, it's fabulous. You should try it. Oh, come um, on. It's completely like a cult. We all drink the same Kool-Aid. <laughs> we, 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 we all go to like East or Reebok, uh, uh-huh. you know, it's totally a cult. There's, you know, there's no yeah. shame in that. Nope. None whatsoever. So speaking of it being a cult in the community, let's talk a little bit about your, well, let's start with the meme page first. So for folks that don't know, aren't in the CrossFit community, you run a meme page called Make Wads Great Again. First of all, talk a little bit about the name of that and tell folks where you came up with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Um, It's funny though, like when it started, it just started as a lark. Um, I created this when Trump won the election and for the record, I am, I'm not a political guy, right? I'm actually, I kind of lean liberal. So I wasn't a huge fan of Trump, but when he won, I, I could recognize that it was a kind of a monster change in dynamic for the country. Right. So I thought at the time, I'm like, would it be really funny if there was a Twitter handle that was in the voice of Trump, but it was all about CrossFit. So I named it CrossFit Trump and I did all these CrossFit related tweets just like Trump would say them. So imagine talking about doing wall balls on a border wall or how you can't do pull-ups because your hands are so huge, you know, like just really dumb stuff, you know? So it was really, it was more like a spoof on Trump, not political, just because he was, you know, so dynamic in the environment at the time. So I'd created this, I was showing it to my daughters who uh, are always the funniest part of my family and they know what's going on. And my oldest is like, you know, dad, this is kind of funny, but it'd be better if it were a meme page. And so I handed her my phone. I'm like, fine, create a meme page. Like, so she started an Instagram handle called at CrossFit Trump. And she did the very first post for me. And she told me what I should and shouldn't do. I did not listen to any of her rules. I might add, I ignored them all. Uh, because I, I did feel like I knew the community better than her. And so then I started doing a few and I didn't do a lot at the beginning. I did just a few here and there. Uh, and then cross, then regionals came around and they ran a contest. You do a hashtag, the update show, and they might show your memes or your posts on during the show, you know? And so I did a couple and me and my oldest daughter are sitting on the couch and we're watching the update show and we're bo- literally both doing other things. She was on her phone and I forget what I was doing. But I heard them say, all right, now we're going to show the winners of our contest. And the first one is by CrossFit Trump. And me and my daughter both just like look up at the TV and, you know, I got this big 70 inch TV in the wall 
And there's my meme right there on the TV, you know? And she looks at me and she's like, oh my God. And I'm like, oh my God is right. And so I grabbed my phone and I looked down at it. It was like being a Kardashian. Like I could literally just see the followers coming in, just boop, 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 like the follower count going up, you know? And at the time I had like 300 followers. Well, I think I finished that day. I went from 300 to, I want to say like 700 in a day, which at the time seemed like, you know, like a ridiculous thing to happen. Like I just couldn't believe it. And now keep in mind, both my daughters have about 700 followers. So now they're pissed because their dad, their old lame dad has as many followers as them. So now I'm like kind of out to prove to them that I can get a lot more followers than them. So I start doing some more memes. My oldest daughter's like, well, you got to tag the athletes. You have to tag them. They'll see it and they'll comment and other people will follow. So I did a, a meme on Rich Froning and he commented. That's when I learned like, you know, you can really uh, get people. Mm-hmm. And it was a very funny meme on my dad. But uh, <laughs> was it a very funny comment? Uh, yeah, I, I talked to him about this yesterday. So he was on the podcast yesterday and I asked him, I asked him uh, or I said to him, I'm like, you know, you created this mess, right? And he's like, oh, I remember your meme. Like he totally remembered two years later. Um, I did a, I did this meme. It was a rich froning starter pack and it was uh lift. It was four pictures, lifting shoes, wrist wraps, uh, Nair because he has the wax chest yep. and yep. Rogaine because he's got the bald spot. Right. right. And he came in and commented and all it said is I don't wear wrist wraps. Very nice. And yeah. I thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. Well, so a couple of the other like you know, moderately big name athletes at the time picked up on the page and started following and reposting me. And and then I realized like, once I realized they would repost me, then I was tagging everybody for a while. And I was starting to pick up like, I don't know, three, 400 people a day. I went from a thousand to 10,000 in three months. And, uh, that's when I knew like I was onto something. And so I changed the name. So back to your question. Yeah. So I didn't want to stick with CrossFit Trump. I felt like I'd get sued if I kept the name CrossFit. I didn't want to keep Trump because I'm not political. And I certainly didn't want to bring all the Trump fans in. Not that I have anything against them. You know, I don't have anything against the right or the left. I just didn't want to, I didn't want to alienate anybody. So I'm like, I got to change it. But I wanted to keep the spirit of the page. I'd already created this logo that was an orange kettlebell with Trump hair, you know, uh, the orange clearly making fun of him. And, um, so I mentioned on the page, I'm like, hey, I'm thinking of some names, people send me ideas. And somebody sent me one that said, make wads great again. And I'm like, man, that's brilliant. Totally brilliant. And so that's what I went with thinking truthfully that that would be the end of it. I'm like, all right, I'll change the name. I'll be done at 10,000 followers and that'll be it. And man, it just kept going. I went from 10,000 to a hundred thousand in about 10 months. And I got to a hundred thousand to 200,000 in another six months. And now I'm at 287 as of this morning. And that would have been, I don't know. I mean, I don't even, I don't even know how many, I mean, I've picked up 150 since the games last year, you know? So it just keep like, it's, it's just crazy. Like every day just keeps growing. So I, you know, I don't know. That's, that's how the name came about, but it just, it, it just kind of doesn't stop. It's really weird. No, it doesn't. And it is, you say it's really weird. And I've heard you 
maybe fight back a little bit against the uh, when people say your co-host Nikki. I, I remember on one of your early podcasts was calling you CrossFit famous, and you're kind of like, <laughs> well, what does that really mean? That's not a thing, and that's I'm not. But at this point, you're CrossFit famous. There aren't many CrossFitters out there, I would suppose, that don't know who you are. They might not know who John Woolley is, but they certainly know either the podcast or the Instagram, and, and quite possibly both. But just that rise from, like you said, going from 300 to 700 to 1,000 to 10,000, 100. Um, why do you think that is? What, what, what nerve are you striking in the CrossFit community, do you think, that's causing this popularity with this page? Well, it's, I know exactly what it is. I, I'd say that without bragging. Like um, I've certainly figured out kind of the metrics of it and why people relate to it. I th- it's a very relatable page. That's what I strive for. I want people to see it and go, man, that's me. And it, I noticed that really early on with the page that that's, I think why I've been able to grow it is, you know, I'm a banker by trade. And so I'm always looking at numbers and like trying to figure out problems. And, and I realized really early on, like, if you look at the comments, you can see what people are doing, what they're saying. And so I would see people both in the comments and in, in uh, my, my DMS because they would tag me that they're sending to their friends saying, this is so me, or this is so you, you know? And it, so it occurred to me almost from the beginning, I'm like, well, if some, you know, I've done it almost, you know, a decade now. So if it's happened to me, there's no chance it hasn't happened to you. Like I'm not a unique little snowflake over here. Like the things that happened to me in the gym happened to everybody. I, I know it, you know, I'm also kind of a, I'm real observational. So when I'm at the gym, I'm always I'm not intentionally looking, but I, I notice and I remember what I see. Right. And so when I see things happening, I just kind of mentally store it. So I'll give you an example. Like I started going back to AM CrossFit like a few weeks ago, five 30 in the morning. And, uh, I noticed that people in the AM, man, they just leave. Like they dis- they're like Batman. They just disappear. Right. So they get there at five 30. They, they don't say a word for about 20 minutes. They're like dead quiet. All you smell is coffee and people groaning, you know, and then the workout ends and then everybody just disappears. They just go off to work, you know, in the PM people come in, they hang out, they drink their pre-workouts or, you know, whatever they're chatting, they're warming up for like an hour. They may or may not do the workout they came in for. They're going to hang out afterwards. They'll go to the bar later. Like they don't have a care in the world, you know, that's the difference between the two. And so I started referring to the AM class as scale and bail. That's what people do. They come in, they scale, they get the hell out. I actually created a t-shirt for it. People are like DMing me constantly waiting for this t-shirt to come out because they're like, oh my God, that is, that's our AM class. You know, that's the stuff people, you know, when they relate to CrossFit, that's it. You know, it's like they see it, they live it every day as they scale and bail. You know, it's just one example of a million I could probably give you, you know? So I think that's why it's done so well. And then the, the second part is I wanted it to be bigger than just a meme. Page. Like it isn't a meme page. It's a satire page. And so yeah. I do more than just memes. I do, uh, I do satire articles. Um, I'll do opinion pieces. I post uh, posts on my family, my dad, who's a CrossFitter. I do stuff on him routinely. I'll do stuff on myself as an example. You know, really anything I think that, that I think is important to the community, I'll do. And I'm also not afraid to attack topics that are either topical or important. Like I learned one, this is kind of an interesting story. I know I'm rambling, but 
um, I, a follower sends me a, a DM and said, Hey, our gym just banned booty shorts and they're, they won't let the women wear them. Uh, but they're letting the men go shirtless. And we think that's wrong. Well, I have daughters and, you know, I have moments where I'm, you know, like I just, I believe in equal rights for people. And I'm like, so I thought that's weird. You know, not letting the girls wear booty shorts, but letting the guys wear short shorts and no shirts, like doesn't seem fair to me. So I create a meme and I don't even remember the meme. Now I'm sure it was very funny, but <laughs> I don't remember it. And, um, within minutes, like it blows up, right. As I knew it would, because it's, you know, you, you, it's like a woman's right post. So half of my audience is going to go apeshit over it. And, and even the men will get engaged because it's topical. Right. So I start looking at the people commenting and I start and my page is private. So I have to let everybody in that's wanting to follow. And I start seeing in all the names followed by Graham Holberg, who's a games champion. And he lives in Ohio. He's in Columbus, which is two hours from me. And I saw a bunch, like probably 50, and I'm like, that's weird. Hmm. And I'm not a dumb guy. So I'm like, what are the odds that the gym I just roasted over this booty shorts is his gym? And so I go and look and sure as a world. I'm like, oh my God. Like I just called out a games champion. Like I, yeah. I, I wouldn't have done that. Like I've, you know, I, you know, it's just, so I, I learned early on that, you know, you can't really be afraid to take on topics that people that are important to people. And I think that's why people, it resonates with them. Like, they know this isn't just the place you're coming for jokes. Now you get a lot of jokes and a lot of memes and a lot of foolishness. Um, but you get more than that. It's like, it's, I view it like a community page, you know, it's like our own little community of CrossFit and do a lot of crazy stuff. I think you had written on your page on your website said, um, make what's great again was designed to designed to bring some laughter and joy to the shared suffering. We all endure in fitness. MWGA is committed to satire, foolishness, trolling, and occasionally emotional support to the fitness-minded. And I think that's a pretty succinct description of what you've got on your page and what it's become. I think also that I know one of the reasons it resonates kind of with me is from the outside looking at CrossFit before I started, it seemed like CrossFit was CrossFitters took themselves very, very seriously. You've probably heard some version of the joke. Um, there's a thousand people in the room. One of them's a CrossFitter and one of them's a vegan. How do you tell which two they are? And the punchline is something like, oh, don't worry. You'll, you'll know because yeah. they're going to tell you. Right. And I think that the way you've come about it with with love, but with satire and, and humor has kind of helped to to relieve some of that, you know, that self-seriousness that maybe CrossFitters have been accused of um, perhaps in the past. So clearly you've, you've struck a nerve. This has really taken off. Um, you're like you said, you're, you're, you're very topical, very humorous, satirical. I've noticed also that you've got, uh, you're doing, what is it? A year of gratitude. So each day you're, you're actually doing, I think it's daily, right? That you're yep. doing something that you're grateful about. Yep. Yeah. Every day I've been doing that since January 1st. Um, I like, I was looking at the beginning of the years again, it's like along that theme, like I don't want it just to be a meme page and I want it to be about me. Like somebody said to me the other day, um, <laughs> actually I remember who it was. I'm not going to say, but, um, this guy says to me, uh, your page isn't like the buttery bros. It's not about you. Your page is a meme page. And I went off on him. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like my page is solely about me. Like if you really are a follower and you really look at the memes, like in the comments of every post, I almost always reference myself in some capacity, even if it doesn't say this is about me. Like I'm, it's always about me. 
and this gratitude poster about me. Like I, I wanted the page to be my page. Like, and you know, I, I think part of, um, living a good life and enjoying your life is finding things to be grateful for. Like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's messed up in the world. You can sit around and whine about it and moan and be unhappy. And I have those moments like everybody else. But I also figured that I'm like, look, if I could just pick one thing every day to be grateful for, maybe it'll make my day a little brighter. And if I can, if I can do that, can others pick up on it and, and get value from it? Um, and really like from the very beginning, I started doing it. People started messaging me. Thank you so much for doing these. Like, I really need these every day. I'm shocked at the number of people that come just to see the gratitude posts. Like, you know, I, I'd be lying if I said I put a ton of thought into them. I don't like, I just, whatever my day ends up like, I just, I look for a quote that kind of centers around that, you know, like today, my day was very hectic. So I'll probably work one up tonight, some quote around how to manage a hectic, hectic life, you know, and, and I'll share that tomorrow. And hopefully someone that's going to have a hectic day will pick up on it and it'll help them. And my thought is if it helps one person, I've done my job. Like I'm not chasing followers. That's not like, I'm, I'm kind of weird that way. Like if I don't gain another follower, I'm fine. If I lose them all, I'm fine. Like I got a good job, good life, good kids. I'm no different today. And I was three years ago, but if I can help people and one person sees it and they, you know, it changes their day. That's a pretty awesome thing. That is an awesome thing. Yeah. So where do you see this going? You're creating this content, you're creating it out of your heart, you're creating it like for you, but it's obviously resonating. Your content is maturing as you, or however you want to say that, I, I suppose it's, it's maturing. Um, you're still keeping the satire and the foolishness and that, that piece of it, but you're also doing things like the gratitude, like you said, things about yourself. Where do you, where do you see this going in the next six months, one year and, and beyond? Well, the podcast is continuing to grow. So we're going to, we're going to continue to build out the podcast. I got a lot of different things I want to do with that. I've got some ideas around, I, I want to start adding some video posts, both into the main page and to the podcast and to the YouTube page. Um, so those will be a couple of things you'll likely see. Outside of that, I would just want to kind of be a part of the community and make an impact on people. You know, like I said, I've got a real job, quote unquote, real job. So I'm in no hurry to quit that, to do this full time. And I'm certainly not making enough money at this to do it full time. So uh, there's no danger in that right away, but, um, you know, if I could find a way to do this all the time, I'd love to. So, you know, maybe someday, I, you know, my daughters are going off to college. One starts college this year, one starts two years from now. So I don't know. I, like I said, I'm not really in a hurry to figure it out. I've, I've got a good life. I'm just going to continue to try to make an impact and help people. And that's the beautiful part of the page. Like, um, you know, last year I think I raised or helped raise, 15 grand for veterans with PTSD, raised 2,500 for breast cancer charities, did any Lord knows how many posts for uh, the LGBT community and um, cops and like, you know, you know, VetWad and you can just like, you know, the adaptive community, like you can just kind of name all the groups. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying it because it's, it's a gift that I've been provided to be able to help those groups. It isn't about me. It's like, so now I've got a platform to reach a few hundred thousand people that would be interested in those groups. Like that has nothing to do with me. That's great. Like that's an opportunity. And so if, if I just get to do that for the next few years, that would be fantastic. So we'll see. 
So yeah, let's switch over to your, you mentioned your podcast. We've been talking a lot about your meme page and the growth of that. I've, I follow you on your, I was, I think one of your very first subscribers on the, uh, on the podcast as well. And that also has matured and become something, I think you call it a fast growing content platform on your website. And again, it's that same theme, right? It's not just, I think early on it was just you and then it was you and Nikki, um, but now, I mean, you're legit. You've, you've gotten, I mean, you've have the, you just mentioned that you were just talking to Rich Froning and you've had a lot of the who's who in the CrossFit community on your show. So talk to us a little bit about the growth of, of your podcast and maybe a little bit where that's going. Yeah. The podcast has been a really unique experience for me. So, um, I got tricked into starting the podcast by my coaches. Uh, so, you know, it's no secret. I trained with Saxon and Spencer Pancheck and, you know, they're young, they're in their early twenties and great dudes. Um, very fit for those yeah, that don't know. Very fit young men. <laughs> Quite. Yeah. yeah. They're kind of fit. Kind um, of fit. Yeah. But yeah, we were, you know, as the page started to grow, you know, I mentioned I wanted to start a podcast and, and I had just had an experience talking to Greg Glassman, um, you know, right around that same time. And one of them was like, oh, you should call Greg and see if he'll come on your podcast as, as only a, you know, 20 something could think you could possibly do. And I'm, you know, and so then to show off, I'm like, okay, I will. Well, I've sent him a message and like the next day I get a message back from him saying, can you be here Wednesday? You know, fly out to California. So, um, that's how I started the podcast. Like very first episode was Greg Glassman flew out to California, went to CrossFit headquarters, spent a week out there talking to him or, you know, four days. So it was just kind of crazy. Um, and you know, I kind of tiptoed into it. Like, you know, I, I had a, a lot of athletes that were following me and, you know, I did like some softball interviews with people and I couldn't really decide what I wanted it to be. Like, you know, I'm a funny guy, but I don't want to do comedy. Like I have no desire to write comedic scripts or to bring people on the air and ask them dumb questions. And I tried that a little on some of the episodes and I just like, I wasn't loving it. Like it just wasn't great. And I wanted to do more. Like I wanted, uh, I wanted the podcast to have an impact bigger than memes. Well, I had met uh, Nikki Brazier, my co-host, who is a sideline reporter for the CrossFit Games. I had known she had followed me for a while. I had met her at an event and we had talked and I'd asked her then like kind of what her plans were. And she'd mentioned she wanted to do a podcast. And so I shot her a message and I'm like, hey, would you consider coming on and doing a couple of shows with me? Just see how it goes, you know, and and she said she would. Well, the very first one we did together, like you know, I don't know if you've like, if you have any relationships like this, you know, anybody where there's just like a chemistry, you know, like a, I don't know if it's comedic or just a personality where you guys just click, you know, but that's what it was like for us. Like the first time we were on the air, like she, she gets my jokes really fast and she can play off of them and she'll ask a question and it was perfect, you know? So we did a few episodes together and I had wanted a, you know, a co-host like that, that I could trust, but I really wanted a female co-host like really bad, mostly because I like, I, you know, I, I like my comedy tends to draw men in, you know, like the stuff I do. And it had taken me a while to build any kind of female audience on the meme page. And I wanted a female voice. There are very few, if any strong female voices in CrossFit. There's a lot of strong CrossFit athletes, but very few that are in the media side. You know, there was Brooke Entz who, is a CrossFitter, but isn't. And, uh, there was joy and Claire, 
who had a podcast and, you know, maybe one or two others, but like, you know, besides that, there just wasn't a ton. There was just all men. And so I asked Nikki if she'd go full time. I'm like, we'll start in January and, uh, I won't do any episodes without you. And she was like, all right, let's do it. And from day one, it took off. Like it just, people seem to resonate to the, the relationship, I think some, and, you know, fortunately for me, because she's been in CrossFit media for a long time, she has a ton of contacts. So the people I don't know, she does know the people I know that she doesn't, I can get, you know, so it's kind of a perfect relationship in that way. And, and, um, and, you know, she's easygoing and funny and, you know, it's, it's kind of perfect. So once she joined, it was like kind of off to the races and, you know, the pandemic hit and that was really kind of our big swing. Like the second the pandemic hit, I messaged her. I'm like, Hey, listen, everybody's at home. Everybody. Like we have a captive audience for however long this lasts. We need to suck up our personal life and get as many people on as we can. And we both started working our lists and we booked athlete after athlete after athlete after athlete. Like we just went back to back to back to back to back with just like a list of who's who and CrossFit. And I'm not saying that to brag. It was just like, you know, they weren't doing anything either. That was kind of the point. Like they're all stuck at home. So yeah. they didn't have anything to do. Um, and, you know, we tripled our following in like two months. It was crazy. And, it's, and you know, now it's, you know, we've kind of pulled back on that a little, but we're still like now we're, you know, choosing like what stories do we want to tell and who do we want to bring on and, and get, you know, making some of it fun for us as well as, you know, giving the audience what they want. So that's, that, that's a great story. I mean, you guys really have, you taken that, that meme page and turned it into what it is today and, and similar story there with, with the podcast. And that, that's fantastic that your very first episode was uh Glassman saying, yeah, can you be here Wednesday? <laughs> yeah, that was weird. I, uh -huh. To be honest, like I didn't know the podcast was doing well at all. Like, uh, you know, you, I don't know what yours is like, but I wasn't getting any feedback. People weren't sending me DMs. They weren't talking to me about it. I would just throw the episodes out and I wasn't even getting statistics. Like I, my, our show is hosted by a terrestrial radio company that I happen to know the CFO. And so they, at the time we weren't even getting statistics. So I didn't know how many people were listening. Well, I went to the CrossFit games in August and I bet I had, I don't know, 50, 60 people that would come up to me and go, Hey, I love the podcast. Keep doing it. Now, 50 to 60 doesn't seem like a lot, but like over course of a week, that's a lot of people. Like, mm -hmm. and so I know that's a minority of the people really listening. So I called my, <laughs> I called my guy at the radio station and I'm like, dude, I could get some statistics. I think people are listening to this because people are talking to me about it, you know? And then they start, and then once I got the stats, I'm like, oh crap, people are really listening now. And then when Nikki joined, they really started listening. So yeah, it's like, it was, it's a weird thing. Now I am getting feedback. What's weird about the podcast though, is the people that listen feel like they really know you, like they really know you and they say weird things to you and send you weird messages. It's, I mean, it's fun. I love it. Don't get me wrong. It's just like, they act like they're a family member that's known you their whole life, you know? So, and, and I can see that, uh, you, you're very genuine. You share a lot about yourself. Um, both you and Nikki do, and, and you come across as being completely relatable. Um, so I, I can, I can clearly picture, you know, a fan walking up that's listened to all or most of your shows feeling like they, they certainly know something about you and, and, you know, oh, dude, I, some, some dude messaged me the other day and just ripped me a new one. Like didn't even say hi. 
just like, let me tell you why you're wrong, jerk. And just blew me up. And so finally, when he like, after I read the paragraph, I'm like, all right, let's start again. Hi, I'm John. Nice <laughs> right? to meet you. We've never spoken before. Mm-hmm. And then he apologized. He's like, you're right. I'm sorry. I listened to all your shows. I felt like I knew you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, come on, man, slow down. Like we've never even said hi. It's just weird. Mm. But. Well, speaking of your website, so you've got blogs up there and folks can check that out. Um, certainly you can expect some satire and some humor there, but you've got a great line of merch out now too. Why don't you, and you're wearing a, a great one there. The, the, uh, we're, we're audio only here. So folks can't see, but you are wearing the air bike fan club. And I believe it's, I can't read the small print, but I think it says something like uh, the only fan. <laughs> yeah. So this is, so this is funny. So I have, there's a story behind this. So my merch guy sends me this idea. It wasn't my idea. Parts of it are. He's like, Hey, I want to do this assault bike fan club shirt. And I'm like, well, you can't say assault bike. I know the owner and I'm not going to steal her brand. She'll get mad at me. I'm like, but I'm like, I need you to do two things. I'm like, make me one. And at the bottom, I wanted to, I wanted to say one fan since 1978. Cause that was the year the air bike was invented okay. and the pun being that the air bike has one fan on it. Right. And so I'm like, but we're not going to make them. I'm going to send it to the assault bike owner and ask her if I can make it. I'm going to ask permission. So I send it to her and she's like, oh my God, I love it. Uh, I'm like, is it infringing your property at all? She's like, no, it's perfect. Make them. So we start selling these shirts. Like the next day she messages me. She's like, hey, I want to buy one for me and everyone that works for me. You can't even make this up. You know, I'm like, seriously, you're going to buy one for all the assault bike employees. She's like, yep. And it's a small company. So she bought like 25 shirts, you know. But yeah, it sold great. That's the first one. Uh, it was limited, so I don't know if we're going to do it again anytime soon. Um, I've got two more coming out. Uh, I've got one that says scale and bail. And because I believe that like I scale a lot, but I think there are days that I RX. So I made a second one that says RX and flex. And they, you know, they don't look like what I didn't want to start doing was like slogan shirts. That's not my thing, but they need to like be part of the brand. So they look kind of like. I would describe both of those shirts as like something you'd say at a rock concert, right? Like kind of rock style. That's what I wanted. Like something that looks cool, but also has a little bit of humor in it. And if you, you know, for those two shirts, you can look at the wad the day before and go, well, I'm scaling. So guess what shirt I'm wearing? Or, Hey, tomorrow's an RX day. I'll wear the RX and flex shirt, you know, and you can choose, you know? Uh, and I got a couple other ideas coming. I, I don't want to do merch long term. It's not my thing, but um, people want them. So I'm going to make them. I saw you have, uh, you've got stickers, you've got patches, bring it back the patch. I love that. Um, you've got the great iconic red ball cap with, uh, what does it say? Make, make wads great again on it. Uh, yeah. Um, we that's didn't that's pretty fabulous those. as well. No, yeah. we didn't sell one of those, dude. You I didn't sell any of those? One. No, people oh, hate really. it. As a matter of fact, I catch grief for the name of the pages. It is like, right. It's the, right. I mean, you know, half of the audience loves it. The other half, you know, thinks it's a racist slogan. So, and I understand that. I understand the, the anxiety if for lack of a better term sure. around the current presidency for some people. Um, you know, I tell them the same thing. Like he doesn't own the slogan. As a matter of fact, I, truthfully own the slogan. I trademarked it. Like I really own it. So it's not his, it's a play on his, but my thought is it's like, if I can do something positive with a term that is viewed negative by a lot of people, that's a good thing. You know, particularly if I'm using it to raise money for people and giving it away to charity and a lot of charities that truthfully he doesn't like at all. So, um, yeah, I think those are good things. 
Yeah, I agree. Those are good things. Well, let's let's shift gears a little bit and talk about, let's move back to your fitness. So I think I saw in one of your posts, you mentioned that, hey, you just turned 50, so happy belated birthday. Um, but in that post, I think you had a before and after. It was maybe when you were 40 and again here at 50, yeah. and you're pretty fit. You didn't look so fit at, at, in the before <laughs> uh, before picture, right. but you're you're really fit 50-year-old. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about, obviously, you do CrossFit. How, how many days a week are you doing CrossFit? Depends on the week. Um, I do something uh, fitness related six days a week. I take one full rest day a week guaranteed. Um, but I do something fitness related. So on that sixth day, it's something light. And I count like I count fitness, like mowing the yard counts as fitness. If you're using a push mower, right. Mm-hmm. Um, five days a week. Um, I have a C2 bike. I have a full gym here in my house. I have a C2 bike upstairs. I'll ride the C2 bike every day. And then I'll do a second something. It's usually CrossFit. I usually just go to my gym, do whatever's programmed. My secret uh, at this age, and I really recommend this for anyone that's a master's athlete, anyone over 40, uh, truthfully, if you're over 30 or you're just out of shape, I think this is the right way to go. I scale everything, virtually every workout I do. Now, I do plenty of RX workouts. Don't get me wrong. The problem that most people have is they'll come in on a Monday and the first workout of the week, they are exit. And then they destroy themselves for the rest of the week. And then they are useless. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They might be recovered after their rest day, coming into Friday. But they're still only at about 60 or 70% of where they would have been. Whereas if they had just pulled back on day one, they would have had more productive, better workouts the other days. They wouldn't have risked injury and would be fitter over the long haul. Like I learned this on a Joe Rogan podcast. I... Uh, was watching the guy who was talking about doing pull-ups and he's like, if you and I were comp- were doing pull-ups and both trying to get fit and our max number of pull-ups is 10, that's it. It's all you can do is 10, right? And on Monday you come in and do 10. I come in and do five. So I'm at 50% capacity. You went to hundred percent on day two. You're wasted because you used all your energy yesterday. Now I'm going to come in on day two and do six or seven. Let's say I do seven, right? You're going to come in on day two and you're going to be lucky to do five on day three. I'm going to come in and I'm going to do eight on day three. You're going to come in and you're going to be lucky to do five. Now at this point, I've done more pull-ups than you now calculate that out over five days. Now calculate that out over 30 days, calculate that over 365 days. And where will we both be? Now I'm a banker. I quickly did the math. I'm like, oh my God, he's so right. And from that day on, I started scaling workouts. And I, and you know, because I, I do math well, I would come in and I would determine, well, do I need to scale the weight or the reps or the time? I quit comparing myself to the whiteboard and other people. And I only tracked my own times and I, lo and behold, I haven't been injured in two years because I don't push myself past that capacity. And don't get me wrong. I go to the red line often. I just don't do it more than once every couple of weeks. And I'm faster, stronger, fitter than I've ever been. Like I've had workouts just even in the last week. I had one this week, actually. You know, I go to that AM workout and there's young kids in there. There's this one young man. He's in his early 20s or maybe late 20s. He's the fittest guy in the AM class and he's really fit, you know. And I crushed him on the assault bike, just crushed him. And the look on his face was priceless when you're 25 years older than somebody and you realize you just beat him, you know. 
It's awesome. I told somebody, I'm like, you think sex is great. Wait till you beat an athlete 25 years younger than you. Yeah, that's right. Um, It's amazing. And uh, I attribute that to kind of this long haul training that I do. Like I just don't, you know, I work out hard and I work out plenty, but I, what I don't do is work myself to exhaustion and put myself in a position where I could potentially compromise future training events. And I did that for a lot of years. Truthfully, if I'd had this mentality when I started CrossFit, I'd be way better off today even than I am, you know? So that's my big advice to people. And, you know, I, I try to keep a pretty good diet these days. So that helps too. So speaking of diet, um, what, what does your diet look like? Well, tonight it was Chipotle and bourbon, which is a great diet. <laughs> uh, a lot of Chipotle. Chipotle is great for the record. Um, I Look, I try to keep my meals relatively uh, easy. So I don't do a lot of processed foods. I do uh, lean meats, salads, do a lot of green vegetables. I eat foods I like. I don't limit myself to things like I have pizza from time to time. I have chipotle pretty often. I, eat a, I don't, I'm not scared of carbs. Rice is fine. Sweet potatoes are fine. You know, fruits and vegetables. Um, I, I kind of had a, got a different mindset on nutrition just in the last 12 to 18 months. I did a podcast with uh, EC Sanowski, who is the creator of the 800 gram challenge. Had her on twice actually. And she just said to me, she's like, look, just eat 800 grams of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't care what you eat. I'm like, so I could eat 800 grams of white potatoes. She's like, yep, that's fine. You want to eat 800 grams of spinach? That's fine too. You want to eat all watermelon? That's fine too. I don't care. Just eat. I'm like bananas. She's like, yep, whatever. So I'm like, fine. So I'll just start eating more fruits and vegetables. And I, so my trick is I cut way back on the protein, which conventional fitness would tell you, you should have a high protein mix and a low carb mix. I pushed my carbs up to probably, I don't know, I want to say 40 to 50% of what I eat. And when I say carbs, that's all fruits and vegetables, you know, uh, it's in rice. It's not potato chips and French fries and that sort of thing. I cut my meats down. Like if I would have had like a eight ounce hamburger or an eight ounce steak, I've cut that in half. So, and I have not missed it. And truthfully, I feel better. And I think, again, this is just for me. I can't say I'm not a nutritionist. So like I had to find what works for me. So I'm not giving nutritional advice here, but I kind of gave up protein shakes. I, you know, I just do, if I could explain it simply, I would say, look, I look at an ingredient label and if it has less than four things on it, it's good. So if I, and I, and I know what they are, you know, right. Yeah. So that's it. Like, I'm just looking for things that I know it's, it's probably the traditional, like closer to paleo, but higher in carbs and other things. So nuts, fruit, seeds, rice, lean meats, you know, and, and don't deprive yourself because you can, you just can't sustain it. You know, so I, my daughters come over, you know, we'll order pizza or we'll, you know, we'll do, we'll have pasta. I'm like, I'm not scared of that stuff. You know, you just have to find things that work. The only other thing I do that's a little different, um, I intermittent fast, like probably four to five days a week. So I don't eat after 8 PM and I don't eat until afternoon till after 12. So are you working out fasted then these days? Yeah. Often. Okay. Doesn't yeah. bother me at all. Okay. Now keep in mind, I'm working out at five 30 in the morning. So, you know, it hasn't yeah. been that long. Um, I found like 
first of all, like I've done a lot of endurance races, done a lot of running. And the truth is, is your body will store about 40 minutes of energy from carbohydrates anyway. And CrossFit workouts are rarely more than that. Yep. So it had to be a pretty hellacious workout for it to deplete, deplete me so much. I couldn't do it. Um, I've also found just from like reading and watching people's stories and, and you know, Instagram or whatever, that it's actually harder to work out when your body's digesting food. So like the, I always laugh the people that eat like 30 minutes before they go work out. I'm like, you're a fool. Like your mm-hmm. body is expending energy to digest. So you're actually working harder in the workout without even knowing it. Like, don't do that. Like you yeah. should, you gotta, you should be working out on a virtually empty stomach. You don't want your body. And God forbid if you eat peanut butter or like something fatty, that's even harder to digest and a slow digestion. Like you're really hurting your workout. Like it's not worth it. You know? So mm-hmm. trying to figure out what works for my body has been a real trick. Um, I found I work out pretty well on coffee, <laughs> which is the best pre-workout there is. Yes, it is. And, uh, you know, rice and chickens, my friend and, uh, green vegetables. And I don't worry about the rest. Yeah. And I, I love that you, you say that's what works for you. And it sounds like that's a, a journey, not a destination nutrition, right? Constantly learning and, and evolving. So as you're, as you mentioned, you're, you're 50, you're in the best shape of your life. You're working out pretty intensely five days a week and getting, sounds like an active, re, active recovery or, or a lighter workout on that sixth day. What are your thoughts on recovery? What do you do? Do you do specific things, uh, to recover between sessions? Do you have any thoughts on the importance of sleep, things of that nature? Um, well, I have two thoughts. I don't do a lot of mobility. I get made fun of for that. I'm actually doing a mobility session this Sunday, uh, on my Instagram page and it's going to be good yeah. because I never do them. Um, but I, uh, I'm a huge fan of salt baths. I love a basic B salt bath, like go get some bath salts, glass of wine, put on some soft music, soak it out, man. Like, and I know people are going to laugh and think I'm joking, but I'm serious. Like a good salt bath is a great form of recovery. It's also super relaxing. If there's anything that I try to do that's most important, it's get sleep. Like somebody told me once, I forget where I read it, but they're like, man, if you're not getting sleep to go work out, you're basically stepping over hundred dollar bills to pick up ones. Yeah. Like it's just dumb. Like you're, you, you sleep is the most important thing. Truthfully, it's like, if you think of like fitness, sleep is number one, water is number two and working out is number three. Like if you're, if you have those orders reversed, you're really, you're not going to get fit as quick and as efficiently, your body's not going to recover. And at this age, I mean, the truth is, it's like, that's the, why it's hard to beat these 20 year olds at any workout. Like you can beat them once, but then they're recovered two hours later Yeah, and I'm not recovered till two days later, Yeah, you know, like, and that's just a fact, you know, mm-hmm. like that's the kind of the punchline of that guy I beat the other day, the very next workout, he smashed me, you know, and I'm sitting there going, why am I so sluggish? And I'm like, Oh, it's cause I'm 50, you know? Yeah. It's not recovered <laughs> Maybe. Right. You know, it hasn't been 48 hours. It's been 24 hours. And so, yeah, so sleep is really, really, really important. You know, I get to bed at a decent hour, you know, I don't stay up all night and I do get up early, but you know, it doesn't have to be a ton. Seven hours is plenty. All right. Well, as we're wrapping up here, I've got one last topic. Speaking of being CrossFit famous and and getting older, 
you have a dad that's CrossFit famous now. Oh, Roy, right? So well, <laughs> those in the CrossFit world or those that follow you will, will know exactly what I'm talking about, but um, certainly a lot of folks won't. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, about your dad and his CrossFit journey? Yeah, he's ridiculous. Uh, he is so ridiculous. He, um, so my mom got sick back, I guess at this point it would have been a year ago, or she got some bad health news. I shouldn't say she got sick. She's got some bad health news. And so she wanted to lose some weight and get in shape. And I had been talking to my parents about CrossFit for a long time. You know, they knew I'd been doing it and I'd been trying to, you know, they were both at the time, you know, had just had too much weight on and they live in the South. And for those of you that aren't in the South, like sweet tea is a religion down there. Like you just, you got to have sweet tea and biscuits every day. It's just the way it works, you know? So, you know, they were overweight. So my mom gets sick. My dad is wired. I'm wired like him. He's very stubborn. So he immediately went out to a CrossFit gym, the one I've been going to. And I got a text message from the person who owns it. And they're like, hey, look who showed up today. And it's a picture of my dad. I'm like, oh my God, don't kill him. You know? Um, and how old was he then? 74. Okay. Yeah, 75 now. And so mom started doing like CrossFit at home type workouts. Uh, dad started going to this CrossFit gym. They changed their diet. They switched to like kind of a, I would call it a, a mix between paleo and keto, which are not that far removed from each other. You know, those two, uh, food disciplines are very, very similar. Um, and they started, you know, and, and it's also kind of no pun intended, the low hanging fruit of diet. Like you get processed foods out of your diet, you're going to lose weight, particularly if you're exercising and you're overweight. And so they did, they started to see some quick results, which was good and encouraging for them. And, but they just stuck with it. Like just totally stuck with it. And gosh, they've lost dad's loss probably 45 pounds. So as mom at this point, and he goes, gosh, he goes to CrossFit five days a week, Monday through Friday, works out, does whatever the class is programmed. He does it. He thinks he's 18 years old. You know, he wants to climb ropes and whatever. He's just, he's crazy. Um, but you know, he's, he works at it. He works hard and, um, he loves it. I think he loves the community. He loves like kind of all the, you know, camaraderie and, but he also loves the results he's seeing. And I started sharing his story and people started messaging him and following him on Facebook. And he just thinks he's, he thinks he's the thing, man. That's right. <laughs> now he's CrossFit famous. Yeah. Well, last time we were home at Christmas, he had uh, a couple hundred followers or something. And I said to him, or no, so actually it wasn't Christmas, just a couple months ago. I said to him, I'm like, I'll get you to a thousand before I leave here four days from now. And so I shared his Instagram handle and he had a thousand within four days. Like everybody's nice. following him, you know, and now he really thinks he's a big deal. He's got a thousand followers. So he's very excited. Yeah. And you had him on your, you had him on your podcast too. So that, that was great. And you got to hear him and, and you can, you can just tell from his voice how excited he is about that journey. And if I'm not mistaken, I think think towards the end of that interview, he even said, you know, I, I, work, I don't have a muscle up yet, but I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> He's trying to get a pull up right now. That's his thing. Like when we were there, I must've saw him try to get a pull up four or five times. Like, you know, he's a big dude. Like he's my height, but he outweighs me by, you know, 30, 40 pounds easily, actually probably 50 pounds. And, uh, he just hasn't been able to do a pull up and that's a hard thing. Like, you know, for mm -hmm. anyone like pull ups are yeah. hard. And that's so us. And he's real close, man. He's real close. And that's you know, awesome. Yeah. It's hard to build that kind of back strength too. You know, it's not a muscle that you work a ton. 
Oh, it's funny. what an inspirational story of it's never too late to start, right? Um, here's somebody who wasn't at the peak, pinnacle of fitness, certainly, and wanted to get in shape. And in this case, chose a, yeah. a, the CrossFit modality. And here we are, what, a year or two into that into that journey and has made some really big improvements, probably not just in his physical health, but also in terms of mental and emotional, just, you know, walking around feeling stronger and, and confident and more capable. Uh, that goes a long ways in, in life. Well, he's certainly been excited. Like it's been exciting to see them take photos of him and new jeans and new shirts. And, and, you know, because uh, he's my dad, like he gets t-shirts from all over the country, just get sent to him. He got one the other day from Yakima CrossFit out in Washington. You know, they just sent him one, you know, and, uh, and there was another one from like somewhere in Canada, you know? And so he gets like really excited. So it's fun to like see that sort of thing. But for me, it's just more exciting to, to see him continually progress. Like I will, you will never convince me ever at this point that you can't continue to build muscle and get fitter as you get older. Like, I mean, I'd look at myself and go, when I was 40, I was in the worst shape of my life at 50. I'm in better shape than probably 99% of people in my age group, even in CrossFit, like not even outside of, you know, CrossFit and, or maybe not that much in CrossFit. It's probably more like 95% in CrossFit. But anyway, my point is, is that like, as you get older, you can continue to improve if you're willing to you know, put in the work and, and you do the right, you do quality work. Like that's gotta be the key, but so yeah, he's putting it on, man. He's getting in shape. Yeah, that's, that's great. What a great inspiration. All right. Well, as we're wrapping up here, what's, what's next for you? What's, what's on the horizon here for, for you guys? Oh man. Well, we got a lot of great podcasts coming up. Uh, my next event is I'm going to the team throwdown in Michigan. That's in just a couple of weeks. So that's, kind of the teen version of the CrossFit game. So when the teens and masters got canceled, the teens decided to put on their own event. So I'm going to cover that. Um, I'll probably do video only. I can't imagine I can actually pull off any podcasts while I'm there. Uh, Nikki and I have a lot of really great guests coming up. We just had Rich Froning on yesterday. So that'll air in a couple of weeks. Um, We've got Matt Chan coming on tomorrow who just won the Titan games uh, Courtney Roselle, who was one of the finalists in the Titan games is coming on Sunday. Uh, Haley Adams, who's a games athlete. She's, you know, I think she's like 19 or 20, but she was a top 10 finalist last year is coming on tomorrow. <laughs> we got two podcasts tomorrow and Oh, and Neil Maddox who won the CrossFit games as a master's is coming on Sunday, I think. So that's kind of the short order. We've got, you know, kind of a list of other people that are coming up. Um, but yeah, we're excited. Like, you know, we're continuing to build that out. And so I, you know, I think that's what we'll see for now is like build out the podcast, kind of cautiously optimistic that we'll start seeing sanctionals and events happen again. And when they do, then, you know, Nikki and I will go cover them live. But, um, you know, until then we're just going to do it remote and keep having fun. Yeah. It'll be great to see you guys out when we get back to some sense of normalcy, um, covering some of these events in person, fingers crossed. That's right. Sooner than later. All righty. Well, uh, I guess the last thing before we go, then let's just say somebody's listening to this, this podcast, they're not a CrossFitter. They're maybe not in great shape. They're over 50. Um, maybe they've heard some bad things about CrossFit and get hurt doing that, et cetera. What advice would you have for somebody who listens to this or, um, is thinking, I don't know, is CrossFit a, a good, good, choice for me in my, in my fifties, what, what advice would you say to somebody who's a bit out of shape, but looking to get back into shape? Um, 
Well, I'd say it may or may not be. I don't know. I would say just do something that you enjoy doing. Like CrossFit isn't for everyone. I, I believe it's certainly kind of designed and best fit for people that are A-type personalities, um, which I clearly am. Like you have to be a little stubborn, a little aggressive, have to have some sort of athletic streak in you, like a little bit competitive. Um, you have to like the community. Uh, and you also have to find the right fit. Like not all gyms are alike. But fitness is fitness. Like, I don't care if you're, you know, bicycling or you like roller skating or whatever, like get out and do something that you enjoy and do it regularly. Like, it, you know, fitness isn't, all right, I'm going to do this for 90 days. Like, you know, P90X would tell you do it for 90 days. You're going to get ripped. That's that's you can't maintain that. You know, I would encourage people like find a community of people that do something and then plan to do it for the long haul and view everything as progress. That's the real key. I think people fail in fitness, particularly older people, because they start something and they don't see immediate progress. They're like, okay, well, this didn't work. Everything that you do is progress. Even failure is progress. And that's why I love CrossFit and why I think it is good for a lot of people. If you learn early on that you learn as much from your failure as you do from your successes, it can be really effective. And, and for me, that's the key. Um, so I would encourage them to try it and I'd tell them, you know, if they want tips they're welcome to DM me, I answer every single one and I get a lot. So feel free, you know, I can steer you toward, I know gyms all over the country. I'm happy to steer you toward one if you need a referral, but, um, just get out and do something, anything. Yeah, I like that advice. Get out and do something that you love and uh, do it for the long haul. I, I would think that's really solid advice. All righty. Well, John, you've been very generous with your time. Where would you like people to connect with you? Oh, well, the meme page, Make Wads Great Again, is on Instagram. It's also on Facebook. I don't look at it much on Facebook. So if you message me there, I probably won't see it up very quick. Uh, Make Pods Great Again uh, is on all channels, uh, Apple, Spotify, you know, you name the podcast channel it's on. I'm also on YouTube under the make wads great again, brand. We post the podcast there, video versions of it. We have a Patreon page. If anybody wants to join our little paid fan club, uh, there's a Patreon page. There's also make wads great again, make pods great again. Yeah. So, and then there's the Twitter handle. So, you know, it's all the same name. You can find us on any of those. Great. And I'll make sure I drop all that in the show notes for folks can can find you there. Great. Well, uh, again, belated happy birthday and welcome to the over 50 club. I love talking to folks that take fitness seriously. Um, I love the fact that you say you're 50 and in the best shape of your life. Wish you all the best in all of your future endeavors. And thanks so much for being on the show with us today. Great. Thank you. Well, that's our show for today, folks. If you enjoyed today's episode, please tell your friends and please consider subscribing and giving us a five-star review. All the show notes and much more are available at our website at silver-edge.com. That's silver-edge.com. So until next time, stay strong.